0: This is day 196 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing Luke chapters 1 through 4. Because of the length of Luke chapter 1, we will consider this as two chapters today, so we're only going to do Luke chapters 1 through 4. Lord God, as we enter into your word this morning, help us to see you as the promised one since the Garden of Eden, all throughout the Old Testament, that the people of Israel were looking for their Savior, and you are it, but yet they didn't see you as what you really were. Lord, and I think there are many Christians today that use the name of Jesus so flippantly, and yet they don't recognize that you are their Lord and that you are their Savior. Lord, help us to see you as you really are, as you have presented yourself in your gospel. Please help us to see that so that we can give you proper worship and give you all the glory. Please bless the reading of this word this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God, in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias. For your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. The people were waiting for Zacharias, and were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. When the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. After these days Elizabeth his wife became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me, to take away my disgrace among men. Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, "'Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you.' But she was very perplexed at this statement, and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, "'Do not be afraid, Mary.' For you have been found with favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she Who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now at that time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias. And greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has had regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, From this time on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. And His mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear Him. He has done mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants, forever. And Mary stayed with her about three months, and then returned to her home. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows, His name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he began to speak in praise of God. Fear came on all those living around them, and all these matters were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. All who heard them kept them in mind, saying, What then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, WITH WHICH THE SUNRISE FROM ON HIGH WILL VISIT US, TO SHINE UPON THOSE WHO SIT IN DARKNESS AND THE SHADOW OF DEATH, TO GUIDE OUR FEET INTO THE WAY OF PEACE. AND THE CHILD CONTINUED TO GROW, AND TO BECOME STRONG IN SPIRIT, AND HE LIVED IN THE DESERTS UNTIL THE DAY OF HIS PUBLIC APPEARANCE TO ISRAEL. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry, and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. And when eight days had passed, Before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God, and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things that were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, This child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of eighty-four. She never left the temple, serving night and day with fastings and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God, and continued to speak of Him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he became twelve, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan, and went a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. Now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip was tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene, in the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, The word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the district around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every ravine will be filled, and every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked will become straight, and the rough roads smooth, and all flesh will see the salvation of God. So he began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father, for I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children to Abraham. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees, so every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds were questioning him, saying, Then what shall we do? And he would answer and say to them, A man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and he who has food is to do likewise. And some tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more, than what you have been ordered to. Some soldiers were questioning him, saying, And what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not take money from anyone by force, or accuse anyone falsely, and be content with your wages. Now, while the people were in a state of expectation, and all were wondering in their hearts about John, as to whether he was the Christ, John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor, and to gather the wheat into his barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached the gospel to the people. But when Herod the Tetrarch was reprimanded by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the wicked things which Herod had done, Herod also added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized, and while he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and the voice came out of heaven, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. When he began his ministry, Jesus himself was about thirty years of age being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Eli, the son of Mathath, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jeni, the son of Joseph, the son of Matthäus, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Hesli, the son of Nagai, the son of Maath, the son of Matthäus, the son of Simeon, the son of Josek, the son of Jodah the son of Johanan, the son of Risa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosam, the son of Elmadam, the son of Ur, the son of Joshua, the son of Eliezer, the son of Joram, the son of Matat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah. The son of Joseph. The son of Jonam, The son of Eliakim. The son of Meleah, The son of Mena. The son of Matatha. The son of Nathan. The son of David. The son of Jesse. The son of Obed. The son of Boaz. The son of Salmon. The son of Neshon. The son of Aminadab, The son of Admin. The son of Ram the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Serug, the son of Ru, the son of Peleg, the son of Heber, the son of Shelah, the son of Cainan, the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, The son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Cainan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he led him to Jerusalem, and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth. Where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all were speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal thyself. Whatever we heard was done at Capernaum. Do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. But I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things. And they got up and drove him out of the city, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city had been built, in order to throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went his way. And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were amazed at his teaching, for his message was with authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Let us alone! What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst of the people, he came out of him without doing him any harm. And amazement came upon them all, and they began talking with one another, saying, What is this message? For with authority and power... He commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him was spreading into every locality in the surrounding district. Then he got up and left the synagogue, and entered Simon's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him to help her. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her and she immediately got up and waited on them. While the sun was setting, all these who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and laying his hands on each one of them, he was healing them. Demons also were coming out of many, shouting, You are the Son of God! But rebuking them, he would not allow them to speak because they knew him to be the Christ. When day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place, and the crowds were searching for him, and came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Okay, so we have now entered the book of Luke. So let me give you a little bit of background on Luke. So we talked about how Matthew was writing his gospel for the Jews, and how Mark wrote his for the general people. Luke specifically wrote his for the Gentiles. Now, he himself was a Gentile as well. We see Luke for the first time in the book of Acts but we know him also to be the author of the book of Acts. So he's mentioned in Colossians chapter 4 as being the beloved physician. So by trade, he's a doctor. But also, we can tell by the way he writes and how thorough he is that he makes a good historian as well. Because as you can imagine, Luke was not there when any of the stuff happened with Jesus. He was converted later. So, what he did was he interviewed and researched everything about Jesus with people who knew him, and he compiled all of these different eyewitness testimonies into one gospel. So, that's why Luke has such a comprehensive look at things because you see it from the lens of a doctor. But not only that, but he tries to be as thorough as possible to get the historical context as well as going beyond what any of the other ones did in terms of going back to Jesus's childhood and to his origins and so on and so forth. So it's very interesting how he does that. And we get to see some different hymns as well that are unique to Luke only. So we we had the privilege of doing that. Now, typically, Luke chapters 1 and 2 are read during Christmas time, right? I know that is a tradition that has been in my family for a while to where we read this kind of stuff at Christmas. Luke mentions at the very beginning of his gospel that he wrote it to somebody named Theophilus. We don't really know who this is, but you can tell by the way he writes it that this is a Gentile, and it is directed to all Gentiles in general. So, He was likely a real person, but also symbolic of being all the people that were friends of God, which is what Theophilus means. So we know how God does that all the time in the Bible, how things have double, triple applications when he writes something down. So it makes perfect sense for that to happen. So we begin with Zacharias and Elizabeth, Elizabeth being the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And they are the parents of John the Baptist. So, before Jesus is introduced by Gabriel to Mary, Gabriel introduces John the Baptist to Zacharias. And Zacharias doesn't completely believe the angel. And I always find this fascinating because they meet an angel, a supernatural being that they're deeply afraid of, which really makes you wonder what they look like. And yet, he doesn't believe his words. And so we see Zacharias become mute by Gabriel's hand until the time when he was allowed to speak again at the circumcision of John. But Elizabeth was very overjoyed with what happened. And they were older, but we don't know how old exactly, but beyond the normal age of childbearing. And then they had this miraculous birth. Then we see a very famous piece of scripture where Gabriel goes to Mary and introduces himself, as well as Mary being the mother of the Christ. And this is typically where we start to deviate from the Catholic Church, because this is where they begin to separate from us in the way that where they exalt Mary to a level that she should not be. Was she used for a very important role? Absolutely she was, but she didn't become anything more than a woman she didn't become anything more than a mere human. We have to understand that, that she wasn't magnified in some way into a demigod status, or she got some sort of powers from being the mother of Christ. She was a normal woman, and you can see that in the way that she carries herself. She submits to the words of Gabriel with gladness and accepts it fully without doubting. And then, not only that, but she sings what we call the Magnificat. And so these are all based off of the first word in Latin, which in hers would be Magnificat, so we call it the Magnificat. But you don't see anything in there where she's exalting herself. She's exalting the Lord who has shown favor upon her. And she knows her Bible very well because she's quoting Scripture several times from this Magnificat. So Jesus is being born into a godly family. So then we see in the second half of chapter 1 how John is entering into the world, and he was circumcised, they named him John, Zacharias' mouth was loosened, and then he prophesied what was going to happen to John the Baptist and also to Jesus. And that's all we see about John until he becomes an adult. So we don't know anything else about his childhood at this point. Chapter 2 is the famous portion of Scripture we read at Christmas in my family, where we talk about how Mary and Joseph ended up in Bethlehem, as was prophesied by Micah, where Jesus was, had, to, had to be born in a cave, where they kept the animals, and they placed him in a manger. A manger is where, basically like a food trough for animals, so it wasn't a glamorous thing. And then we see the angels appearing to the shepherds, and they go and find the baby. And then they take Jesus for his circumcision to Jerusalem. And they meet two different people who were anointed by God looking for this baby. Simeon, who was told he wouldn't die until he met the Christ, and there he was, he met him. And then we meet Anna, who was a prophetess. And her prayers and fasting for Israel were fulfilled and she received Jesus with great joy. Then we have a very brief portion of Scripture that talks about when Jesus was 12. I'm not going to go too much into this because I have a whole weekend episode dedicated to this, but it's fascinating to read, and it is certainly something that we should be studying. Then chapter 3 goes into the baptism of Jesus, as well as uh, additional things that we see John the Baptist talks to the people about before Christ gets baptized. And then we see in verse 23 a specific genealogy, and this is what I was alluding to back in Matthew. This is a very different genealogy from the one that Matthew presents. So you would think that they wouldn't be different. So why are they different? Well, this is the genealogy of Mary because that is his biological genealogy. The family genealogy is Joseph's genealogy, even though he's not biologically his father. So if some people would discredit Jesus for being the son of David because Joseph wasn't his dad, then this shows that even Mary was related to David. So it was fulfilled properly. Finally, we have chapter 4, where we see Jesus being tempted By Satan, and then he goes into the synagogue and announces who he is through the prophecy of Isaiah. And I really like this portion of scripture because this is probably the earliest mic drop you could ever see in the New Testament. Because he goes up and he reads this portion of scripture from Isaiah chapter 61, and then after he reads it, he rolls it up and says, I just fulfilled this in your midst. Boom. Mic drop. (laughs) I find it hilarious, but at the same time, uh, he left a portion of it out. There is a second half to verse two of Isaiah chapter sixty-one that he did not say, and the reason why he didn't say it is because that would not be fulfilled until his second coming. So at first they were really happy about what he was saying, and then he called them out for being hypocrites, and showing them historically how Elijah didn't help the Israelites because of their unbelief, and how Elisha didn't help the Israelites because of their unbelief, and they got angry with him and tried to kill him for being a heretic. But he escaped from their midst. It just says he passed through their midst, but we don't know if that was any sort of supernatural deliverance or anything like that. But it could be. And then finally, we see him begin healing people. But if you notice, there's a pattern. Notice these three things happening in sequence here. Beginning in verse 35, it says that the demon was calling him the Holy One of Israel. He wanted him to be quiet. So he rebuked him and told him to come out. So that was the first rebuke. Verse 39, standing by Peter's mother-in-law, he rebuked the fever. Second rebuke. Then we see verse 41 demons are coming out of them, you are the Son of God, and he rebuked them. So you see how he just, with a word, can command anything because he is God. And that's to show the truth of that. So why does he tell them to be quiet? Why can't the demons cry out that he is the Holy One of Israel? The demons, of course, they know who he is and they fear a judgment from him preemptively because they knew something was coming. Judgment has already been pronounced against the demons, and they know it. And they thought it was now, that it was coming early, and they were freaking out. They don't have any power to disobey Jesus, which is why they come out. And so that reinforces the divinity of Jesus, because he is God, and he has the power to rebuke anything, because by his word all things were created, and by all things his word can rebuke them. So it's fascinating when you see it like that. And that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.